Welcome to this week's episode of Technology Translated. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kendra. We are excited to continue on with our summer book club here at Technology Translated. We hope you have a copy of Small Teaching Online, Applying Learning Science in Online Classes by Flower Darby, and are following along with us this summer. If you haven't started reading yet, please feel free to jump in at any time as we talk about the topics Darby brings up in this important work. Today, we will stay focused on chapters eight and nine, as well as the conclusion. Chapter eight is titled Making Connections, which is really a recurrent theme throughout the book. Darby shares in this book a bit of the extensive research described in the original small teaching book by James Lang, which made the argument that for students to learn a subject well, they must make connections both at the internal and external levels. Students are not subject matter experts when they come into our classes, so they need help making those connections and forming the larger picture for themselves. There's quite a lot of talk these days about making college coursework relevant for students. What I think this chapter does well is to put that concept into perspective. It doesn't mean that we have to make every concept tied to workforce development or skill building, but rather it helps students learn how to make connections between past knowledge and new information. Teaching students how to learn is a critical part of the process. It isn't just about handing out content and hoping students understand it or know how to build on information and grow in their understanding without a lot of help. One technique for how to implement this strategy is referred to as activating prior knowledge. This includes that start here quiz or assignment that asks students to share what they already know about a topic or subject matter and then share your reactions as the instructor to what students shared. We teach research skills, Sarah and I do, and this is an interesting exercise with students. Everyone thinks they're fantastic researchers because they've been on Google before. I think the only downside to this particular technique that I've experienced is the, just the time it takes to plan the exercise, administer it, grade it, and then respond to the responses. Yeah, it does take some planning, especially that response piece, which sometimes I feel like it's lost in the shuffle at the beginning of the semester when you're when you're kind of implementing this strategy. Setting up an automatically graded quiz or Google form or something could help with that time that it takes to grade and having the computer provide some of that analysis that the instructor could then just comment on maybe in like one larger announcement to the class could be one idea. Yeah, and another thing that came up in this chapter was using skeleton outlines in order to provide a structure for students to engage with course material. And the book mentions that if these outlines or fill-in-the-blank notes are created in the right way, they can help students recognize those connections more easily. These notes could be printed and distributed, or you could use some sort of collaborative document, such as a Google Doc or form, because we do see that students like really lack that note-taking skill. They don't know what they don't know and what is important. Yeah. And then the last concept covered in this particular chapter deals with what the book terms personal learning networks. It feels like this is done at our school in some departments really well, but it's something I haven't personally done much in the classes that I teach. 
That's true. And some fields tend to lend itself better to this type of networking at that student level. Our education students, they seem to form a strong network by the time they leave the program and nursing, biology, and business departments seem to also focus on this in some of their classes. And it's good to see that the research really validates the importance of these types of efforts. And I think if it's something you're looking to include in your classes, um, some of the tools we've discussed in the past, like Discord are, are ways to kind of build that community if it's not happening organically. For sure. Moving on. Chapter nine is titled Developing as an Online Instructor. And I have to say, I feel like I'm always learning new things where this is concerned. I'm not sure I'll ever really consider myself fantastic at it because it's just always changing. I mean, the technology changes and students change and the world changes. A concept that resonated with me in this chapter was the advice to make one change at a time and really learn from it. The book is called Small Teaching Online for a reason. We as instructors really need to protect ourselves from burnout now more than ever and to be very mindful of our teaching practice and the effect it is having on our students. We can't change the world overnight, of course, but slow study progress over time can make a big impact and it can make you look forward to teaching as well. That's a really good point. Another recommendation is to put your courses through an evaluation tool of some sort. Our college uses Quality Matters. Um, and the book points out that even if your school doesn't have a formal agreement or um, such as Quality Matters to certify a particular class that you teach, many of these rubrics to evaluate and analyze the effectiveness of a course is available online. I have gone through the Quality Matters certification and it is rigorous, but helpful in learning what the best practices are in instructional design and then seeing what it means to actually apply those concepts can really help students to better navigate the course and experience less frustration with the learning process. This chapter also has a terrific reading list that's included on page 215 for anyone wanting to read additional books on the topic of effective online teaching. Well, we have come to the end of the book, Kendra. Indeed. It, it really is a great book. I've gone through it a couple times now, and I notice and pick up ideas each time. It makes me wish I had more time to really implement a lot more of the ideas in my own courses. Well, you have to remember to keep it small, Kendra. Slow and steady wins the race. I guess you're right. Um, well, I guess that's about all of our time today, Sarah. This has been this week's episode of Technology Translated. Check out the show notes and resources on our website for more information on some of the things we mentioned. You can find our website at technologytranslatedpod.com. This summer book club season has been fun to explore, and we're so glad you can join us. We hope you found something useful in this series. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in the fall for season three of Technology Translated, so stay tuned.